Good morning. It is Monday, July 20th, 7.15 a.m. I hope y'all had a good week. I know I did. It was really busy. Literally no way around that. Um, I shipped on Monday. I mean, I shipped on Monday, but then I also shipped on Friday. Sorry, I have not had my coffee yet. Um, on Friday, it was one of the biggest shipping days I'd had in a while. It was like 30 packages and orders kept coming in. I was kind of, it was kind of overwhelming. Um, so I spent most of Friday shipping starting at 7 a.m. I had some blouses to send out to Taylor and I, that I had made and I realized I hadn't hemmed the neckline on any of them. So I spent a few hours listening to an audiobook in Hemming and um, then started on the shipping. I was like, ugh. Zelda came over for about an hour and just like helped pack things, which was a huge help because I probably would have been shipping for like another three hours. <clears throat> Pardon me. I don't know why it takes one person such little time to do and then it takes me much more time to do. But it it just is, that's just how it is. And I have accepted that. You know what I mean? Um, I'm just not the fastest typist. And, you know, each each product, like each item, it's like your baby or something. So I think that's kind of what makes me go slower. <laughs> and it's also like shipping is kind of one of my least favorite things to do. And so I'll get distracted, like, there's certain snacks I will eat during shipping. Um, only like baby carrots and like some kind of like very, very health food cracker because they're not the most delicious snacks. Because if I have like a really delicious snack or break for lunch, then I will not want to go back to shipping. So I have to like, it's just, it's so strange, but I know myself well enough the things that will distract me. Um, can't watch any movies while I'm shipping. Absolutely not. No music. Except for if Zelda's there to keep me going. Because music will keep me... I'll just like want to get up and dance or something. I don't want to like ship. So I'll usually listen to a podcast or something. And just keep it going. Anyway, that, that's really mundane. But that was a huge part of of one of my days of the week. Um, I've been trying to stock up. One moment, sorry. Boop, 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 boop. Um, I've been trying to stock up on items because I think they're probably going to do another lockdown uh, with the way that the COVID cases are expanding and mutating. So I'm trying to get as much stuff as possible to kind of have to sell for a while. So yeah, that's kind of been consuming consuming this month, and this month is flying by. Um, I got some unusual things. Uh, one of my sellers knows that I have an altar and stuff, and they brought me a very old envelope. It made me it made me kind of sad. It, it made me really sad, but it was. 
in the envelope were tiger whiskers. And they were inside a book or something like that, but they were in an envelope that was marked 1848. And the the person who had written on the envelope also noted that they had shot this tiger and those whiskers were from the tiger. It made me really sad. So I put the whiskers near Lavinia's portrait in in my room so that they can finally get some rest and power. I have one of her whiskers sticking out of of the little area next to the tiger whiskers. I felt so sad about that. That someone would just go shoot a tiger and then take their whiskers away. Stick them in an envelope somewhere. I just, it made me sad. Tigers are majestic animals. Um, I found out something else interesting about, about tigers whiskers because I was like well is there any kind of shamanic property is there anything about them they were used a long time ago as poison a tiger whisker has little tiny barbs on it that are microscopic but when you would crush if you were to you know crush up a one tiger whisker and mix it in with the food person who ingests it it's like they're eating glass or something when it gets to their digestive system and there's really no turning back that was oh it gave me the willies you know um so i've got to be very careful with these whiskers and make sure that they don't end up anywhere near my food so they are they are um tied up so that they can't come loose and they're in a safe spot that was interesting to me. Um, I got a hold of some freshwater pearls and some antique coral. I want to make kind of a mythological mermaid crown. Um, just really, really delicate and beautiful. Uh, something that would kind of harken back to ancient Rome where, where pearls were put on everything. Everything was festooned with pearls. So I'm kind of going going back to that and you know we're all we're all little demigods you know so that's one of the projects i want to do plugging away at my second suit i haven't had the time or the the right combination of motivation to to sew on it too much this week but with big projects like like sewing a suit it's kind of like you got to wait for that excuse me, giant burst of motivation, like boom, and then just plug away at it. That's what I noticed. Kind of like any other creative thing, any other creative process. Um, got some really interesting books to sell, that sort of thing. I want to do a raffle. I want to do several raffles um, towards the end of the month. I'm not quite sure how to do them, but I would like to uh, raise some more money for black trans women's housing. Um, and I would like to la- raise a large sum. 
So if anyone can send me a text on that, let me know what I can do. Um, because it seems like a really effective way to to get things going. So yeah, those are the things. Commerce is on my mind. Um, and that's pretty, pretty much what has composed my week. Um, I saw Mitz and Anne on Saturday outside the Mission Bar. I went to go pick up my chili from Baba. It was a very spicy batch. Um, everyone seemed to be in good spirits. It was great to see Anne. I hadn't seen her in over a month. Um, Mitz gave me some fabric, which I think I might make some sachets out of or a little quilt. And I had one Negroni and then a little bit of Jameson poured on top of the leftover ice cubes because, you know. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a nice little bunch of people. Um, I was pretty ready to get home, though. I didn't want to drag anything out too much just because I, I have some anxiety about the whole about the pandemic I don't think it's easing up I feel I feel trapped in the country I really wanted to go to Europe and to Japan in Korea but I don't know when I'll be able to do that um, hopefully some point in my lifetime so dealing with some sadness over that um this morning I like early this morning I woke up to a face mess a Facebook message from a very uh, I don't know what I how, how I describe them I'd say very um, out of touch person from my past um, I used to live at this art space when I was from the time I was 19 till I was 21 back in Houston and it was like a speakeasy um it was very full of like t it was like a male dominated scene um it was very typical 90s guys you know like a bottle of cheap wine and a book of Bukowski mattress on the floor kind of guys it was that kind of thing um there were women involved, a lot of uh, very creative women, um, but for the men, it, it kind of like just existed for their egos and, you know, I was dating a guy there who, he just, it, it wasn't a good match, of course, but um, he was just very cold, like just lacking in affection. Um, and he would be very jealous of me. Like if I, I was asked to do a display or something like that or in our installation, he would get really angry and try to sabotage it or he would demand that, that it turn into a collaboration between he, he and I. Um, and he, he was very arrogant. And I was in love with him, of course. Um, so, you know, that didn't work out very well. Um, <laughs> I um, ended up dating.
dating somebody else later. Um, it wasn't the end of my life. <laughs> um, but that was what I was dealing with there. Um, and, and just like the, the owner or the, the guy who ran, ran the building, um, or the art space thought that he was the only person in the world who had ever lived in an old building. And was just really didn't enjoy working, just liked to talk and play chess. Um, I don't think he had a real, I don't think he's a bad person, but, you know, just, I don't know, just, I always thought he was very entitled and just very much in love with himself and, and assumed that everyone else was in love with him too. And he, he, I was not. Lord, the 90s, the 90s. Oh, my God. Um, so I've been getting messages from both of them. Um, one from the ex-boyfriend a couple of weeks ago was like, Hi, Michelle. I just want to let you know that you are the coolest person I have ever met in my entire life. We went through some very difficult times of growing and sharing. And like, I was like, dude, you were smoking crystal meth and you were mean as hell. Please. You were a drug addict and you were mean. Ugh. I was, I did, I, I just told him to be well. I was like, oh, I'm the coolest person you ever met. You're not the coolest person I ever met. <laughs> You're one of the least cool people. Horrible taste in shoes. Oh, God. Men and their shoes. You have to look at the shoes and make sure they're okay. Um, that's that's a lesson I learned. That's, that's what he contributed to my life. Never date a guy who paints his toenails and wears Birkenstocks. Um, and then, then the other one, the owner, contacted me. He's contacted me several times during the pandemic, but yesterday or this morning, sorry, bleh, yesterday he wrote me and I woke up this morning to a picture of a woman protesting in Portland and she was protesting by sitting down naked. Her back, the photo was of her back to, to the camera, so you couldn't see anything, but she was not wearing clothes and her hair was off to one side, and then he wrote Stephanie under there. Stephanie was one of my really good friends at the art space. She's a ballet dancer. Um, she was dating Richie, who Richie was the ballet teacher there. He's just fabulous. He's probably my favorite, one of my favorite men there. He's just no one compares to Richie. And no one really compares to Stephanie either. They're just fabulous. Um, but he was like, you know, is this Stephanie? And I did not respond to him. I, it just kind of creeped me out because I, I don't think he meant to be creepy. But he's always trying to, the owner of the warehouse, he's always trying to engage in some way just because he wants attention. And he just wants, he just wants like time and energy. I just didn't respond. 
And also just kind of made me feel uncomfortable. Like, I'm not going to speculate on, a, you know, a denuded woman and wonder if it's, if it's someone that we know. Like, that's just very obtuse to me. Um, also, like, some implied foreknowledge of, like, her, her nudity just ugh, creeped me out. I don't think he meant it. I'm going to try to give him the benefit of the doubt that it was an annoying eye roll. I actually hurt my eye rolling my eyes. I was like, ugh. Um, then a few weeks ago, he contacted me about participating in some coffee table book with these like fractured fairy tales. He's like, I'm writing, a, I'm compiling a, a coffee table book of amoral fairy tales. Oh, and I was like, oh God, no one's done that before. Um, and, and he said, it's going to be of pictures of the lighting and, you know, the installations at the art space, of which I'm not going to say the name. So he proceeded to barrage me with photos of his rather, you know, you know, things, no one, it's nothing anyone hasn't seen before. It's just like a picture of taxidermy with like a brightly colored light, um, a mannequin with a brightly colored light. Um, it was just really funny. I just like, I was like, oh my God, he still is like in the nineties. Um, and then, then he said I had some themes to choose from and he's like, what was it? It was like something like this. It was like war, animal kingdom, and sex. And I was, I was like, I'm not taking the sex bait. So I was like, oh, I guess I could write one about the animal kingdom. And then he gave me a list of, I mean, homie has so much time on his hands. You know, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like, no judging, no hating, but, you know, there are more, there are more pressing issues at hand, you know, <laughs> to say the least. Like, there's a cultural revolution happening. But anyway, so, he gave me a list of animals to choose from, and I said, well, I guess the warthog. I'll do one about the warthog. And then he sent me a picture of a, a stuffed warthog. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I asked him when the deadline was. And he said September. And so I'm like, okay, great, great. Um, I will be in touch. I'll send you a little story. And then that just opened the floodgates. My response and saying, okay, you know, confirming that I would write a little story open the floodgates. And he's like, well, here's an example. And then he sent me a link to Aesop's fables. And then he proceeded to write his own story that was super long-winded and also looked like a bad limerick that had been stretched like taffy or something. I was like, and I just, I I was so annoyed. I wrote him back and I said, you know, this is not rocket surgery. I know what to do. Thank you. 
and sent it to him because I was like, he, it, it was like just, you know, old school mansplaining. Like I'd never read a fairy tale before. I couldn't figure out what a, what a story that would not have a moral would be like, you know, and just even the, it was just, it really took me back to a time in my life when I was dealing with that every single day. And plus having this boyfriend that was addicted to drugs. Um, I was kind of naive in a lot of respects. Like I didn't realize what he was doing until his addiction got to the point where he was just doing it out in the open. Um, and we had been broken up by then, but we're still living in the same building. It was very stressful. Um, but yeah, all types of people would come in there. I met a lot of cute guys there. Um, it was just a very strange time. It's a strange time to be a woman and a young woman and, you know, having just learned about feminism and, and that sort of thing and hoping that I would be in a space that was like welcoming and having a, an inaccurate concept of like what the bohemian life was and realizing it was just all still all about accommodating men and pleasing men all the time. And that men ruled the roost. Um, it was disheartening, but I learned a lot. I learned about a lot. Um, and plus I was, you know, it was over half my lifetime ago. So it's funny getting these reminders. It's weird, weird, having the owner Jim like contact me again and like try to connect in the same weird ways. He hasn't changed. Men don't change. Um, and he also then just started asking me to, for favors, like things that I could do from, do for him, like via Facebook, like, Hey, maybe you could do this for me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I have never thought that you were some great artist or something. <laughs> like I, I have my own business and I'm very busy here and I will, I will write like a, you know, three or four paragraph little story to go with your picture, but leave me alone. Anyway, it is strange when people from your past come back into your life in a small way and, you know, they they have been accommodated they their their needs have been attended to their desires have been fulfilled you know they you know they were um you know put on the the pedestal that they themselves built then like when your experience is completely different it's really funny you know it's like Sometimes people that I, you know, dated or hooked up with or something, they'll, they'll write and, you know, or try to get in touch with me. And it's like, you're so cool, you know. Wow, what an amazing person. I had such a great time. I learned so much from you. You're so wonderful. And I'm just like, you do remember that you were not nice to me, right? You do remember that, right? 
I'm glad you had a good time because I treated you well. That's why you had such a nice time. That's why you got out of this unscathed. Because I was good to you. It's so funny. These men folk, they always, they always come back. Doesn't matter how minimal the involvement, they always come back. That's just, that's one interesting lesson that I'm learning in life, finally. You can't worry about any men at all. They always circle back around, even if it takes a long time. Anyway, and most of them, I don't want to come back or to see them <laughs> ever again. Um, I do sometimes keep in touch with Richie a little bit on Facebook, Um that was probably my favorite person at the art space. Um, he was with the Houston Ballet for 14 years as a core dancer with some principal roles. And um, he was from Florida originally. And his family uh, were, they were like bodybuilders and they owned gyms and fitness centers in Florida. And When Richie was 17, both of his parents died of cancer. And so for uh, about a year or so, he was raised by his sister. You know, his sister, his older sister took care of everything. And then Richie and his brother kind of struck out on their own. And he ended up in Houston going to the... <clears throat> ballet academy here and becoming a, a core dancer he's like a natural talent um his other brother i forget his name but his brother was his other brother was also a dancer and i think he even did like a, a bit of like you know stripping for bachelorette parties which i always thought was very fascinating um so richie was with the ballet for like 14 years and then he opened up a like a bohemian dance studio in the art space and that was really fun um i did a couple like little dances there um for some of the performances i'm not like a real dancer or anything but um also i did the soundtrack for one of his ballets and the costumes and that was really fun i learned a lot of of things about that it was it was a really cool opportunity it was hard work um and he's still dancing from what i know i mean and i believe he has a a little like musical act too um but yeah richie was probably one of my favorite people there um and you know i I would say probably one of the best looking people i've ever met in my life too Ah, that helps (laughs) It helps when people are easy on the eyes. You know what I mean? Um, just a beautiful dancer body and and glorious eyebrows and hair. Um, and I was friends with both of his girlfriends, Cheryl, who's just really wonderful, very, very bohemian lady. And then Stephanie, who was maybe a bit less bohemian. She was from Pasadena, Texas. Um so he was not dating them at the same time, to be clear. Um, but, you know, one after the next. Um, 
but yeah, we all, those were, those are the ones that I really loved from that building. So it wasn't all bad. It was just a very difficult time. Um, and I'm glad that I at least got to meet Richie and that he involved me in some of his creative projects and that I met other dancers or met the dancers and stuff. It was, it was pretty wild. Um, there's other, there's other things in that saga, but I'll, I'll just save it for another time. Um, oh yeah, there was Rebecca also lived there. I feel like Rebecca's story is very, um, it's very, she was going through some difficult things, so I don't want to say anything that would, if she ever happened to listen to this, that would cause her to feel uncomfortable or anything. Um, but she also is a dancer and she, I think, still has a dance company, like her own dance company. So some, some good things did come out of that. Um, anyway, I've got to start shipping again today. Ugh. I'm gathering up some extra dolls that I have and sending them to Alexa. So that'll be fun. I love uh, looking for dolls in my house. <laughs> um, I had to stop collecting dolls a few years ago because they just kind of take over your life. Um, and then people just send you their extra dolls. And here I am. <laughs> Sending a young, a young burgeoning doll collector my extra dolls so I can relate. All right. You guys have a great week. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.